0: This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more.
1: You know, we we tell kids, you got to go to college, you got to go to college, you got to go to college, which is one of the biggest financial decisions they will ever make in their life. It's up there with buying a house, right? But we don't teach them about finances. We don't do any kind of career exploration with them. We don't teach them how to read alone and compare it with others, right? We tell them you have to do this if you, like you said, want to succeed in life.
0: show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free welcome to the marriage kids and money podcast everybody this is Andy Hill and today we're talking about our kids and school yes you know school the place we send them every day so they can learn go off to college and then start a fulfilling career but is our kids school situation the best it can be are they really learning are we actually preparing them for the current global economy? According to our guest today, times are changing and our school system needs to change as well. Emma Perez joins us today and we're going to discuss transformation education and how our kids can thrive and live happy lives. Emma is an author, a parent, and a career coach that dedicates herself to this very subject. Her new book, What's the Point of School? Ed Transformation, A Matter of Life and Death answers these very questions we're asking. Welcome to the show, Emma.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So Emma, you say education transformation is a matter of life and death. What do you mean by that?
1: So um, Dr. Peter Gray actually tells us that we've seen an increase in the cases of suicide depression and anxiety in young people, um, exponential increase. And that really struck me. So when I sat down to write my book, I decided to look into what could be the cause of this, because these causes have not correlated with economic cycles or even war. In our society, kids are more depressed than during the Great Depression, more anxious than during the Cold War, even. So I sat down and I looked at various things that could lead to these outcomes. And I found that our school system in some cases just doesn't help or in some cases it's actually contributing to these outcomes. I was very shocked when I found this and that's when I decided I really should write this book.
0: So what are some of the things that are contributing to it uh, with regard to the school system?
1: Yeah. So I'll give you, I'll start with one example. Um, When we look at sleep deprivation, sleep deprivation does lead to depression, anxiety, and even suicide. Being sleep deprived, you're not going to be satisfied in life and work. And being sleep deprived on the road is the same as being drunk on the road. Okay. So the question is, are our children sleep deprived? And it turns out the National Sleep uh, Foundation actually tells us that yes, they are 80% 7% of high schoolers are sleep-deprived, and 59% of sixth through eighth graders are sleep-deprived. What the Academy of Pediatrics tells us is that, particularly with teenagers, when we hit puberty, our sleep-wake cycles shift up to two hours later. So not only is it difficult for them to get up in the morning, it's actually hard for them to get to sleep before 11 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at our school schedules, there was one county here in my area that I worked with that started high school at 7 a.m. in the morning. The first class was at 7 a.m. in the morning. So they're getting up, they're riding the bus, they're getting their breakfast, and they're starting class at 7 a.m. in the morning. And this just doesn't line up with developmentally what is happening, okay? So they are in incredibly sleep deprived and then you add on that you've got to do all these extracurriculars after school if you want to get into a good college and they have hours and hours of homework so yeah they're sleep deprived that's just one example wow
0: and that that just adds on absolutely so mm-hmm. can, can i be the devil devil's advocate parent then so sure. why can't they just go to bed earlier what's why well, you know if they got to get <laughs> up early we've got to do that when we get older we got to do these jobs mm-hmm. we got to be somewhere at 7 a.m why can't the kids get used to it now
1: Yeah. Well, for a couple of reasons, um, as I mentioned before, they're doing multiple extracurricular activities and then they have hours of homework. So it's logistically, um, not really possible. Um, and then also we have just natural sleep wake cycles. Um, and, and those shift throughout your life with babies, with little ones. Yes, they go to bed much earlier and they wake up much earlier. And as we get older, those shift again. But for puberty, for that, those teenage years, their cycles are later. So it's just a physiological thing for them.
0: So we're pretty much messing with physiology when we make our uh, kids go to school at 7 a.m. is what you're saying. So Emma, you've written about these five happy, healthy elements when it comes to our kids and their education. Can you tell us about what those are and why they're important?
1: Yeah. So the elements are, uh, let me tell you the elements first, and then I'll tell you how I came to them. Uh, The first one is play and exploration of interests. The second is emotional health and positive relationships. Then we have physical health and nutrition, financial literacy, and community involvement and effective altruism. Now, I formulated these from uh, a few different sources. First uh, is Sir Ken Robinson, who is an expert in the educational arena. He works with governments around the world. And he said in his book, Creative Schools, we should be helping kids to manage their inner world and relate to their outer world. Which I absolutely love. And I would even add to that by saying we could also be helping them find their place in the world. So then I said to myself, well, what is all of that? Actually, mean <laughs> what would that actually look like? And then I looked at a few different sources, like Dr. Roger Walsh, who has is doing a, a long study into the eight ways of well-being. I even took a course from the Indian School of Business called uh, "Living a Life of Happiness and Fulfillment," um, and I even looked at countries like Bhutan that not only do they have GDP, they also have GNH, which is Gross National Happiness. They actually calculate that for their I country. Like that. <laughs> Yes. So I took these sources. um, I took these elements from scientists who have actually studied what it takes to live thriving, fulfilling lives. And I applied that to what fundamentals can we bring into our education system to help kids do that now and in their futures and that's how i developed the five happy healthy elements
0: i like it all right well I, I want all those things too those those sound yes. really nice uh, yeah. so okay <laughs> so we're parents that listen to this show right this is a this mm-hmm. is a um, a family show and we got a lot of parents that are listening so what what can parents do you know i'm feeling like well you know, if the school starts at 7 a.m., what am I going to do? I'm not going to send them to school. What can I do mm-hmm, to change mm-hmm. our school system?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are a few different things. And this is this is a big question, right? This is going to be um, a big thing to take on. But I think working together, we can do it. Um, for um, immediate things that you can do, you have a few different options. If you have the option to look into alternative schools, I recommend that. If you have the option to do homeschooling, I recommend looking into that. And please keep in mind that homeschooling is a bit of a misnomer. Most of the homeschoolers I know aren't in their house very often. And you can get online and find homeschooling groups to get ideas and to join groups and to do classes. If those are not an option for you, then for right now, um, incorporate the five happy, healthy elements as much as you can with your children because it will help them in spite of the public education system that they are part of. As far as influencing the education system, um, there's a few ways that we can do that. The first thing that I say is, A change this massive is going to require a culture change, right? So big changes like this rarely come from the top down. There's not a decision maker somewhere that says, we're going to do this now. It is a culture change, and then it becomes too big for the system to not change with it. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote this book. That's why I've started the Education Transformation Nation, um, is to make this a true cultural shift, to start living it now. Um, then what you can do as a parent is start talking with your teachers and your school. I do want to say that our teachers are on the front lines right now, right? They've got into this profession in the first place to help kids right now in spite of the system. And they have so many uh, requirements and standards from the state and from the federal government that they have to do in order to keep their jobs. And they understand how important the five happy, healthy elements are. So many of them are trying to do that on top of everything that they're already required to do. So if we can work with them and help support them. That's what I want us to keep in mind when we talk to teachers in schools. Ask them questions. What is the school doing for social emotional learning for the kids? Um, what, are, what is the school doing to prioritize keeping our kids moving and active throughout the day? So just start a conversation and communication with your teachers and your schools I am working on building a nonprofit right now that will hopefully help aid parents and teachers in this transformation. It's going to be a library of resources that make it easier for teachers to incorporate this into their classroom, make it easier for families to do this at home. And I'm hoping that that will lead to um, influencing policymakers down the road.
0: Excellent. So being an active parent, talking about what you're what your kids need to be healthy and mentally healthy um, is, is mm-hmm. a way to start. Okay, so great. so I was on your website and I saw some quotes that uh, were there for some from 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 some real students, and they were very mm-hmm. candid. and honestly, I, I kind of thought back to my years of being in public school and high school. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. Can you share <laughs> the general sentiment of some of those reactions? A lot of it has to do with yeah. testing, which is yeah. uh, which is interesting to me.
1: Yeah, that was very interesting to me as well because, so the title of my book is What's the Point of School, right? So one of the things that I researched is why do we do it, right? What is the goal of education? And it's really interesting when you start asking people that question because you will get various answers depending on when they went to school, what they think the point should be, right? When I was in school, I thought the point was to get you into college, right? Right and I, I started, so I used to be a college and career coach and I worked with schools all over my state. And so when I started going back into schools, I realized it's very different than when I was in school. I mean, these, the kids that are there now have spent their entire education in the no child left behind program. And so it's actually very different than when I was in school. So I thought I need to ask them, I need to find out what they think. And Across the board, I thought they were going to say, oh, it's to get you into college. Across the board, they said, oh, to pass a test. <laughs> it's just to pass a test. It's to pass a test so that our school can keep getting their money so that teachers don't lose their jobs. Nobody really cares. All they care is what our test score is. And I was just like, we are not fooling these kids with anything. They see right through this. They know exactly what's going on.
0: I mean, is that the ultimate goal of the No Child Left Behind? Um, I don't know what it's called, Act or whatever. <laughs> whatever it happened. So, uh, I mean, that, that, that's. I mean, it makes sense. Like if if that's if they set that up as the main goal of, of anything, you know, hey, if mm-hmm, you do this, mm-hmm. you get X, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that is that the purpose of No Child Left Behind?
1: So essentially, one of the interesting things about education is. Um, a lot of times things come along that have, uh, good intentions and just don't work out that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I think no child left behind had good intentions. Um, but it's just not worked out that way. Um, one of the things that's interesting to see is that a lot of policymakers are choosing to, um, treat schools as though they are business. That seems to make sense, right? Um, so when you have a business, right, you have a product and you want to make sure that that product is pretty standard, right? If you open up a Coke and drink it, it needs to taste exactly like the same, like every other Coke that you've had, mm-hmm. right? So you want to make sure that your product is standard and you're doing regular QA checks. Okay. So if we treat our schools like a business, then the question is, what's the product? Okay. Okay. Now, I would like to think that the product is the well-being of our children. But when you look at how it's actually working out, what we have are these standardized tests, right? So these are actually QA checks. So essentially, it's our kids who are the product. And then that makes colleges... The customer, right? Because when we look at the success of a school, we hear about test results, we hear about graduation, and we hear about college admittance. Do we ever hear about attendance? If the kids are actually happy there and willing to come back? No, not really. We're hearing about if we're getting them into college or not, and we're hearing about how well their test scores were.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And, and, and the whole college side of things, too, has been baffling me as of late uh, with the mm-hmm massive student loan crisis that we mm-hmm. have right now, as well right. as, um, you know, just, I'm ha- I mean, I have young kids right now, me thinking like, hey, is this even worth it? A quarter million dollars for my daughter to go to an in-state college when she turns mm-hmm. 18. Is that mm-hmm. the best use mm-hmm. of our money? Is that the best thing for her um, mm-hmm. when it comes to these test scores? So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on college in the future? Should should everyone be sending their kids to college? What do you, what do you think? <laughs>
1: no, they shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us why. I I know that sounds crazy. So let me clarify. Um, A lot of people think it's college or nothing, right? So when I say, no, we shouldn't be sending all of our kids to college. They think I'm saying some kids just don't get to further their education. That is not what I mean at all. Okay. There are multiple options for further education. So I want to bring those to the forefront because not a lot of people knew about them. I want to, it's not about just not sending them to college. It's about finding the right kind of further education for each child. Does that make sense?
0: It makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. But what are those, what are those different options? Let's talk about those. Yeah. I mean, if, if you grew up always thinking, Hey, if you go to a four-year university, that is how you will succeed at life. What other right. options are there for parents to consider?
1: Right. Okay. So, um, All right. So there are a few other options. We have things like um, technical schools. We have things like apprenticeships. And what's interesting is that these other programs are um, other types of learning environments. Okay. So one of the things that you want to think about for each child is what kind of learner are they? Is college really appropriate for them? I want to say, I think the last time I looked about 59% of kids don't finish college. And if you don't finish college, you don't get that money back, right?
0: 59%. So, so they they start and they don't finish. So, fifty nine percent have engaged, spent some money, and then they don't finish. Wow, I didn't. Correct,
1: know. yes, yep. And um, it could be that these learning environments are not right for some of those people. Okay, so you want to think about learning environments. You also want to think about what kind of profession is your child interested in? Because some of them may not need a four-year degree. And then you want to actually calculate your return on investment. So this is something we don't think about very much with school. You know, we we tell kids, you got to go to college, you got to go to college, you got to go to college, which is one of the biggest financial decisions they will ever make in their life. It's up there with buying a house, right? But we don't teach them about finances. We don't do any kind of career exploration with them. We don't teach them how to read alone and compare it with others, right? We tell them you have to do this if you, like you said, want to succeed in life or if you want to have financial freedom or whatever it is. And that's just not even the case anymore with the, with the exponential increase in tuition costs. That's just not even the case anymore, right? So we really need to be doing some thorough career exploration with kids some life design with them, we need to be helping them to learn about themselves enough to know what what are they really good at? What are the skills that they can bring to any industry? What industries are they really interested in? And then find the right kind of education and look on the return of investment for that. I mean, when you look at apprenticeships, for example, this is a type of further education that not only doesn't cost you money, they actually pay you to learn. So you come out of an apprenticeship with no educational debt at all. Hmm. Wow. And not a lot of people know about that.
0: We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com/tello and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up, the code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com/tello. Thanks for considering our sponsors everyone. Let's jump back into the show. When should we start having these conversations with our kids then? Because, you know, when they're in their teens or they're 18 or mm-hmm. I'm 37, I don't even know what I want to do with the rest of my life. Like, right. How do you, how do you, how do you, what time do you have those conversations? And then what's the best way to engage your children with them?
1: Yeah, I think with anything with your kids, whether it's teaching them to read or teaching them finances or even this career exploration, start early but do it age appropriate, right? So in my book, what I talk about is the importance of play for a lot of different reasons. Um, Play of the five happy, healthy elements, play is the one that really it it helps you with every area of your life from building relationships to to developing your brain properly and this really is the foundation for career exploration okay so when you play you learn what you really like and what you're really good at and what you're not so good at and how to find the people that are good at those things okay now once you have an idea of uh what you like then you can start looking into what are those industries And what kinds of jobs are within those industries? Then you can compare your skills and what you're really good at to the various kinds of jobs that are within those industries, right? So when kids are really little, just let them play. Let them free play. Let them game play. Just let them play. When they really start to hone in on something that they think they're really interested in, maybe around middle school or so, that's a good time to start reaching out to people who work in those industries Go ahead and ask if your kid can job shadow them for a day or a week or something. My 13 year old really loves skateboarding. Let's find people who make skateboards and see if he can job shadow, right? Um, and let them really explore and try things. You know, I often hear people waiting till college to find themselves, right? right? And then you're in college, you're spending all this money, you're doing more academics and you're told to choose a degree, but you were supposed to be finding yourself, right? (laughs) Um, So I think job shadowing can start as soon as middle school. Um, See if you can't find internships by high school. But the other thing to keep in mind here too, is that we also need to tell kids, It's okay if you don't know exactly at 18 what you want to do for the rest of your life because you have a lot of your life. And particularly if you're a multi-potentialite like myself, (laughs) there's my $4 (laughs) word, um, you might change your mind later on in another 18 years, and that's okay. So what's really important is to know yourself. What are you really good at? Um, I love the idea of exploring values with kids. We don't do enough of that either, helping them learn what their values are, because that's where you learn how to make decisions. Do I want to do this job for that company or for that company? Mm -hmm. Right. Do I want to spend the rest of my life with this person? It's your values that are going to help you make those decisions. So I would also love to see that be more part of career exploration as well. So start early. Let them play.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. You know, it's got me thinking about my daughter, you know, as, as we're raising her. And, and it's a good point, too. You know, you don't want to just uh, wait until they turn 18 and it's time to go to college. So what are you going to do with your life? <laughs> you got to, uh, you know, kind of put some activities in there beforehand, some play, like you mentioned. So if, if people get to that point, though, when they're 18 or, or parents see their kids getting there at 18 and they don't really have like much of a direction or you know, specific area that they want to pursue should, what should they do? Should they take a gap year? What do you think?
1: Sure. Yeah. Take a gap year. I mean, it's, it, it really is based on the individual. And I know that there are some parents that are really scared. I heard, Oh, if you don't go now, you're never going to go. I completely disagree with that. Okay, yeah. Um, there are, uh, people who make it to later in their twenties that are far in, in a much better mental state for college at that point. Right. So sure. Take a gap year. I think having the opportunity to, I mean, if you want to take that time, make it intentional, Mm -hmm. right? Make it intentional to actually explore, to actually find yourself, to job shadow, to internship, to do these things. Um, If you need to take time off to relax, take time off to relax and then get intentional. Another thing that we can think about too, is that There are other countries that do offer free post-secondary education, okay? There are about 40 around the world, and a number of them offer classes in English so that international students can take advantage of that. So that's another thing, too. If finances is really a question for your family, but maybe your child does know what they want to do, maybe you look internationally. I mean, having an international experience is so valuable to a person in many different ways. So that's another option as well.
0: Absolutely. And it creates a, you know, more well-rounded person as well. I, I, the time that I spent in Europe during college, I did a study abroad. It just completely changed me as a person, just helping Mm -hmm. me realize that I don't just live in this single bubble of where I live and uh, it gives you a good worldly view. Yeah. So, so one thing that um, you know, we talked a little bit at, at the top of the show about just keeping our kids safe. Obviously, the mm-hmm. the, the statistics you were sharing, um, and I read on your your site that uh, children under the age of fifteen, the suicide rate is quadrupled as of late. I don't yes. know how long that's been five to ten years or or, or, or just as of late. Um, but um, I, I just wanted to know from from you, what's one action we could take today? to support our kids' mental health? Somebody's listening to this right now saying, wow, that's a shocking statistic. What can I do to help my kid avoid this and um, you know support their mental health?
1: Yeah. Um, if you are really concerned about your child, I would definitely recommend um, finding a professional to help you um, someone in your area that can work with you and and your particular situation. There are uh, professionals who work with children. Um, if they're very young, my daughter is four. She actually sees a play therapist for some anxiety that she has. So I do recommend reaching out to a professional. Um, there are things that you can continue to do in your home to support them. And then if you just want to kind of you're not to the point where you really think you need a professional, but you want to kind of make sure that you don't get to that point. Again, look into these five happy, healthy elements that are in my book that are on my website. Um, Research these things that we can do to, to live fulfilling, happy lives because it is backed by science and these things really can help you to live um, happier lives. Um, I, I believe Uh, The statistic in my book is that um, 10% of our happiness levels lie in things that are out of our control. But about 40% are things that are within our control, and there are things that we can do. I mean, even 30 minutes of gameplay can outperform pharmaceuticals for helping you to feel better in some cases, Hmm. right? So um, I talk about community involvement, Um, service servicing others, community involvement, these things have um, measured statistics, statistical responses that actually help us to feel better. Spending time in nature helps us to feel better. So these are all things that we can do. I talk about them in the happy, healthy elements, but you can also find this information online as well.
0: Well, it sounds like as parents, we could lead by example, right? I mean, if we, oh yeah, instead of, uh, You know, saying, hey, hey, hey son, why don't you try this? Lead by example, take it by the hand, you know, show them show them nature, play games with them, you know. And obviously that starts with, you know, setting out dedicated time to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was just telling somebody the other day, you know, if you want um, if your kids just live in a reality where these things are normal and natural and just happen, then they're gonna carry these habits into adulthood. And you're absolutely right about leading by example. I mean kids kids learn by watching us, right? You can tell them all day long, do this, but, but they are, they learn best by watching you do it. Um, one of the examples that I use is if you want your little one, your itty bitty one to learn to say, please. And thank you. If you say, please. And thank you all the time to them, to other people they're going to start saying please and thank you. So, yes, that's a great point. Lead by example. And also when we do that, I, I think we find that we have a lot more compassion for our kids as well. You know, if, if you expect um, a certain level of behavior from your child but it's hard for you to accomplish that behavior, don't get upset over this or whatever it is, you'll find that you have a little bit more compassion as well.
0: I love it. All right. Emma, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people find your book and follow you?
1: Yeah, so Emma B, as in boy, emmabperez.com. I've got a blog. You'll see the link to purchase my book there. My book is also on Amazon, so you can find it there as well.
0: Excellent. Emma, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. This was a really great conversation, and I'm sure it got a lot of people thinking about how they can give their kids a great life, a happy and healthy one. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: conversation was a little bit different from our typical interviews on this show but I thought it was an important one to have. I care about my kids a lot and I, and I want to give them the best life possible. And if you're a parent, I'm sure you do as well. Here are my top 3 takeaways from my conversation with Emma Perez. Number 1. Don't overdo it with the after-school activities the statistics that Emma shared about increased rates of suicide depression and anxiety and their link to sleep deprivation uh, it sure had me thinking i guess as a as a young father we've got zoe in a lot we got her in full time school we got her in girl scouts math pentathlon dance class and that's just all this month and it could be it could be a lot for her sometimes and um you know, I, I'm trying to be more conscientious of that. Now, we have a rule in our house, though. Once you've signed up for something, we have to see it through. But if she doesn't like it after it's all done, after she tried it, after she gave it her all, then we don't have to do it again. So we're kind of talking about that with some of the activities right now. She had a, a tough moment when we needed to head out to Girl Scouts this morning. But uh, she saw it through. And we're going to, you know, reevaluate at the end of at the end of the Girl Scout semester. I guess that's the end of the year. So anyway, she's only seven, but I can see how this progresses as she heads towards 17. My point here is to be conscientious of the amount of time, amount of activities that uh, your kids are are spending in this area. And if it's draining for your kids and you, maybe take some time to reevaluate your schedule for everyone's well-being in the household. (laughs) Number two, start conversations about their future early. Emma mentioned that uh, play can be an excellent way for your kids to dip their toes in the water of their future careers or businesses. She used the example of skateboarding. If they like skateboarding, take some time to discuss what types of jobs exist in the skateboarding world. Maybe they want to build them. Maybe they want to sell them. You know, something like that. And when they get a little older, see if your kids can shadow someone who works in that industry or whatever industry that they're they're interested in and those little previews might help them make some smart decisions when it comes to their college time or their choices around school number 3 four year college degrees are not for everyone there are so many options for your child when it comes to college. The traditional university track is not a requirement. It's totally true that the kids that attend the four-year university make a ton more than those that don't. But you know what? Money isn't everything. We're talking about happiness and healthiness on this episode, right? Maybe your child would enjoy a fulfilling career in the trades. Evidently, some apprenticeships that you know Emma mentioned pay you, pay you to be a part of them instead of the other way around, right? It's much better than piling up all those student loans. And when it comes to college time, you can consider community college, technical school, like we said, the apprenticeships, or even an international school. There's lots of options to seek out or choose from. And with a large amount of kids starting college and then dropping out, it's a big investment if your kid is simply not ready to go. So take some time, think about it, and do what's right for your child and do what's right for your family. So those were my top three takeaways from today's show. Number one, don't overdo it with after-school activities. Number two, start conversations about their future early. And then number three, four-year college degrees are not for everyone. These are our kids, man. These are our prides and joy, our legacy. So let's do our best to give them a happy, healthy And successful life. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. Brianne from Illinois recently shared some awesome news for her young family on Twitter. She recently paid off three credit cards after receiving her tax refund. And now she has her eyes set on becoming debt-free in four short years. She and her husband have just started their debt-free journey And they've got $60,000 to go to clobber it all. But they've taken the first steps. And that's what this is all about, man. Setting a goal, taking action, and partnering together as a couple. One book that's been super inspiring for them is The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. That's the one that got me hooked originally. And I'll put that in the show notes for you guys to check out. Brianne, thank you so much for sharing this exciting news with us on Twitter, and congratulations for being our Money Master of the Week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share on the show? You got to email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I would love to hear from you. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any one of these three things to support this show. Number one, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm posting all these videos for my interviews. On that channel, you can check it out at youtube.comslash marriage kids and money. Number two, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player so we can hang out every week. And then last but not least, number three, share this episode with a friend who wants to give their kids a happy and healthy future. You can find this show and all the show notes at marriage slash session one twenty-three. And if you're new to the show, I'd highly recommend you check out Session 116, The 10 Steps to Young Family Wealth and Happiness. And you can find that one at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Session 116. It is a great place to start. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Anonymous. I'm not a perfect parent, but I'm exactly the parent my child needs. Let's give our kids our love and our guidance. Carpe diem! Hey, everybody. So I've got Calvin here, my four year old son, and today he wants to tell you the chores. That he did at the house today. Can you tell everybody what you did today to, to contribute today? I vacuumed. He, you did. I remember that. Where where did you vacuum, buddy? in In the kitchen and the uh, what is that place called? It's kind of like the living room, I guess. Living, I mean, living room. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> And then, so that was one of your chores So we do, uh, every Saturday, everybody We do three chores per kid And Calvin's first chore was vacuuming What was your second chore? Mm, cleaning up my, um a speed loop Very good <laughs> So you cleaned up your speed loop Tell everybody what a speed loop is Um, so it's a track that you have to, that you have to pull something back in the track Mm -hmm. and just speeds out. Yeah. It's like a speeding race car track, right? Yeah. So, okay. So we've talked about two chores, right? You, you, you told us that you vacuumed the kitchen and the living room as well as cleaning up your speed loop track, as well as the cars too. You cleaned up all the cars. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your third chore that you did. What was your third chore that you did? And I'll give you a clue if you don't remember it. It was a, there was a bag Laundry. Da- oh, you did you did it without even my clue. Wow, buddy. You have a good memory. I mean, I guess it was only a couple hours ago, but so what do you do with the laundry? Tell everybody what you do. I put it on a shelf in the laundry room. Right, but don't you put laundry in the basket first? Yeah. Okay. I forgot that. Yeah, that's okay. You put the laundry in the basket, and then we bring it downstairs to the laundry room, and then what do we do with the dirty clothes? So first we wash them with water, and then and then we dry them in the dryer. Nice. Very good. And that's the three chores, everybody. That's what he did today. He vacuumed. He cleaned up his cars in his speed loop, and... He brought down dirty laundry so it could be washed. And then what does Daddy give you when you're done with all those chores? Dollars. How many dollars? Um, Four, but he actually brings me
1: three, but... Because
0: one of them goes in your save, right? Yeah. And then one of them goes in your...
1: Give. Give,
0: and then two of them goes in your... Spend, Spend, that's right. And then what do you do with your spend money? What is spend again? Spend is when you like, you know, remember when we went to the Target the other day and you were able to buy um, your, what did you buy? A gecko? A gecko doll? PJ Mask? Or was it Catboy? You bought a little Catboy doll. Not doll. Action figure. Yeah. (laughs) With a bad guy. Well, cool. And then what do we do with our save? save it in your bank account? Yeah. Yeah, and we see how much you have. You know how much you almost have now? What? You almost have $100 in your savings. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And how old are you again? Four. Well, you're four, and you almost have $100 in your savings account. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) I'm proud of you, buddy. Keep doing your chores and helping out the family, and... Making money to spend, save, and give.
1: I love you. Can you say goodbye to everybody? Bye.